0: Hey, it's here. We've got the relaunch for you right now on the Substance 2.0. We're back. New season. And this episode, we kind of jump right into it. Yeah, so. we,
1: we, we there's not a whole lot in the way of banter or setting the stage or even really introducing ourselves, I think. I, mean, I think we say
0: our names or whatever. Oh, that's good. But either way, I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us.
1: Thanks for... Either joining us again if you were a, a listener from our first era uh, thanks for taking a look at this um, whenever you take a look at this we're we're so excited to be back the Lord has been so good to us um, we have a lot of content coming down the road you guys here. have
0: been doing some great interviews and great conversations it's you're you're not going to want to miss these upcoming episodes are going to be so great
1: yeah
2: and i'm really excited to just be a part of the substance family um and i'm really excited to be able to talk about important things um but not too intensely you no know, we're excited yeah. to have you the whole, the whole point of it's the substance bringing is bringing the
0: great perspective too and the and, good questions and, and, <laughs> and the advocate
1: oh, of the devil yeah <laughs> 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 no it's You definitely bring a nice dynamic on that side. And, yeah, the substance is a place for conversation. This isn't—we're not preaching at you. We're not telling you what you have to think. The idea is that we're all growing together, um, kind of regardless of where you're starting from. I mean, we we hope that people of faith, people who are curious about faith, can come and and hear what we have to say and consider it. So we want to— want to give you some good substantive thoughts to uh, bounce off of. Yeah,
2: and not that anything that we say is going to be the most groundbreaking thing that you've ever heard in your life. Hopefully
1: not. If we say something brand new,
2: it's got no basis in truth. (laughs) (laughs) But we do hope like you said, Phil, to give you something that is going to make you actually say, huh, I didn't think about that or I didn't think about that in that way. And if we can get you to do that, then we're doing what we're setting out to do. Right,
0: so without further ado, we will get you guys on to season two, episode one on politics. Here on the substance, yeah. you've landed on the substance. Welcome back. I'm your host, Trevor Aiken, and I am joined today. By my two co-hosts, Philip Marinello. Hey, everybody! And joining, new, fresh, welcome first time, yeah. Vincent Edwards. What's going on? What's going on,
2: guys? Welcome. <laughs> this
0: is this is so exciting.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm I'm excited to be on the Substance 2.0.
0: Thank you for joining us for our relaunch episode. So happy to be back. Thanks for any of the likes or subscribes or anything like that. But we'll hit that stuff at the end. As you've already seen, we've got just, you know, the light, airy stuff. That's what we like to like to talk about on The Substance, right? <laughs> right. Just the easy
1: stuff. Let's get to it. Trev, what are we talking about today?
0: We're talking about politics. Everybody's favorite subject. And, and that nobody is tired of hearing about at all at this point. Right. In late September as they're hearing this. But a lot of folks, I, I think, and, and maybe somebody listening to this right now is coming to this feeling like either bracing, like, I don't know if I'm going to agree with what these guys talk about, or they could come in feeling like, man, I hope they really give it to that side in politics. And, and there's kind of either on both sides a feeling of either they're going to represent my tribe or they're going to attack my tribe and so I need to be defensive or be excited if they're going to represent my tribe. And I think there's a different way to approach it in order to stir one another up to love and good works.
1: Yeah, and that's that's going to be what we seek to do as long as the Lord wills that we continue to do this. Stirring one another up to love and good deeds that's what we always want to be doing here on The Substance, to have conversations, to give the community good launching points, and to help stir up biblical mm-hmm. thought, practical thought, critical thought around an important topic. Yeah. To, uh, po- politics, for all the people talking about it, not that, oh, we're our, we are unique and so special and nobody is doing this at all, but to come at politics, which is so important and so impactful in so
2: many folks' lives, that needs to be done uh, carefully. Yeah, and understanding that we are, we, we are all Christians, we're all believers, desire to have people think rightly about this particular topic, not because, like you said, we are the, the arbiter of truth and reason and it stops with us, but more just to, to think in a way that ultimately, hopefully, can honor God. Yeah, very much so. So yeah, it's not, not
1: always cut and dry, it's not easy, it's not always even clear. So hopefully this will be a good starting point for some of the discussions um, relating to this in the substance community.
0: Yeah. And I think props for the people who clicked on and, and started to listen, because I think for a lot of people, and maybe you included listening to this right now, that there's there's kind of a sense of politics is a dirty word or politics is something I want to avoid or, or like, man, politics, that's that one thing that you just don't talk about in polite situations, right? Mm-hmm. You just don't bring that up. Right. You know, unless it's somebody who's a really close friend that you really trust because, you know, things that get heat. Like, what what kind of things come to mind when you guys think about, like, talk discussions of
1: politics? No, I mean, it gets tense. Like, the whole, particularly in America, but I'm sure it's not unique to America, like, politics is a very emotionally charged topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People, and I mean, we'll talk about this later on in our discussion, but, I mean, it is so easy to become tribal yeah. and Team-oriented. and You get so focused on beating the other team that critical thinking and compassion and consistency Mm -hmm. or kindness or, for the believer, witness come in second, third, or fourth place to sounding smart and winning. Yeah. Obviously, we want to saying the correct things we want to have truth on our side we will, we want to be on the winning side because we believe ultimately the Lord ultimately will be vindicated and he is true and just yeah. mm-hmm. but yeah. to uh, beat people over the head especially our brothers and sisters in Christ because they may not be on our team or agree with us on every nuance of every topic in the political discussion that's uh, yeah. that's that's not something we want to have describe us
0: I think it's so easy to, accept set that as the value, right? Like we see political debates go on right before any kind of presidential election. There's, there's debates and these kind of things. And so we always think like, oh, if you get into this, it has to be a debate. And maybe more of hearing each other out, listening to views, thinking about things legitimately, right? Because in a debate, you're just trying to prove that you're right.
1: You're not trying to listen. Politics as like a discipline in and of itself is not something I love a lot, but you can't escape it. Mm-hmm. But you look at YouTube and other various forms of social media, but particularly with YouTube, with videos and clips, just the clickbaity titles, the stuff that has the most views are typically like the most, have the most inflammatory language, like so-and-so destroys somebody or things like right. that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not the goal. Even if we want to cloak it in biblical language, like uh, tearing down, like, the things, like, that is not wrong no. if your true heart is to, like, I don't want falsehoods to be in the minds and hearts of believers. I, I want to challenge that and to tear those things down. Like, sure, good. But it's not like Philip the individual or Trevor or Vince the individual is going to personally, like, just demolish, like, this foolish person's argument. Like, right. that should never be our goal as followers of Christ.
0: I think a lot of followers of Christ though, they feel like when it comes to politics, it's like, how far away can I get from politics and still be faithful? Because that's where I want to be. Personally? I, yeah. I think I I have had that view. Well personally. no, there
1: is the pendulum, right? Right. Like there's the the hyper political always talking about it, always arguing if you talk to them, or always posting about it nonstop. Mm-hmm. And there's some folks who are like, ugh, like can we please not?
0: And I feel like in a lot of church communities, it's almost it's at least at least in the church communities I've grown up in where the person who is hyperpolitical is really looked down upon in some ways as, as that person's a firebrand. And that might be true in a lot of cases, actually. But on the other side, is politics something that Christians have to avoid? Or is it something that we actually do have a Christian duty to be engaged in? I think it comes down to what politics is.
1: Yeah, so we, sh- we should start with some definitions.
2: Vince, hit us with what the politics are. Well, politics, as I understand it, is is how we engage with the government, how we engage with society in order f- to have society or the government lead us. How how they operate, our representatives speak on our behalf in mm-hmm. order for society to be ran in a particular way. That's Hopefully, and right. th- that's in a way that protects the individual. Yeah, but that's kind of. Kind of what comes to my mind. What are yeah. you guys thinking?
0: No, I, I, I'm going to pick up on a phrase that you used there, like, society's being run a certain way, right? And, and the thing about politics is it's the ideas about how that should happen.
1: Yeah, the, the ordering society and the society. is going society. to run
0: a certain way. Yeah. They can't not. And either you get a say in that, like in a representative government, or you don't in an authoritarian government. But either way, there's still a politics involved on how that's happening. So what what that comes down to then, is what is society? Mm -hmm. Society is the people who live around you. Yep. So society being run, that's how we're all going to treat each other, ultimately. Ultimately, like Christian, if, if you're the person who feels like politics, it's just that folks talking heads, yelling at each other, arguing at each other. Listen, you're not wrong about that, unfortunately. But at its heart, what politics is, is how should your neighbors be treated? Yeah. And we have, we have a view on that. We, we can't just, we're not just neutral. Right. We ought not be. Well, I mean, if we, if we take
1: the the scriptures and particularly the gospel and the life and the ministry and the words and the teaching of Christ and the apostles seriously, we can't say that, oh, a Christian ought to be removed or neutral or have no, no say or no activity in the, the influencing and the engagement of how folks in a community, in a city, state, country, what have you interact and how, how, how our neighbors are treated, how, how the people in our society are treated.
2: Yeah. Now I do know that there will be a, there'll probably be a group of people who would say, I can love my neighbor unpolitically. Hmm. They would say, well, that's, to love my neighbor is is a personal venture. I can do that by handing $5, $10 to the guy on the corner or giving the gospel with my mm-hmm. my group of, you know, evangelism team. Um so what what would you guys say to the individual who says I can love my neighbor, but I don't have to do that politically?
0: That's a great question, and I what I question in that Vince is like like you mentioned the five dollars at, at the corner, and that is an act of love, but at the same time, that is not it, while it is an act of love, it is not a loving relationship with that neighbor. Hmm. It is not a, a being involved with the people around you, being involved in community building relationships, and um, being a winsome witness in somebody's life on an ongoing basis. And what I question for folks who who would come to that and think that way, I mean, I, I get it. But if you were really deeply involved in someone who was experiencing the way society was treating them and the way society was set up to treat them in a negative way, that your compassion would not go out to that, that you would not care, especially in the fact that we are in a representative type of government. And so we have a say. Right. So it's not like it's not like there's not going to be a time when we get to answer for the way that that is set up. And so if, you know, whether it be somebody's kids who are experiencing a, a certain type of school or whether it be a certain type of housing situation, whether it be many things that impact people's lives. Really, when you get involved with those people in their lives, how could you not care about those things that
1: impact them? And, and especially when you have a voice And that's also not to say that in order to be righteous or obedient even, that everybody's participation needs to look the same. In order to be obedient, it's not that everybody needs to be writing their representatives on a weekly basis or advocating for this or that betterment of society or this or that program or this or that whatever, anything that's being put out as a suggestion to better society like not everybody's roles in that needs to look equal in order yeah. for them to be faithful.
0: And I think I think that's true but I think so often too like we take that and we say okay well then complete silence is the option that I'm going to take. No no
1: 100% disagree. I just want to put that out there that what we are not saying is that everybody needs to be Aggressively involved in every
0: aspect of things. Yeah, not everyone's going to be a political activist <laughs> or run or, you know, yeah, lobby or whatever else.
1: But if you don't. If you don't say that sometimes, I feel like I've listened to some people who I think are right about a lot of things where mm-hmm. you can come off something like, well, unless I am protesting this or that on a weekly mm-hmm. basis, or unless I am giving X amount of dollars or X amount of hours, then like, I'm not doing enough. Yeah. Just kind of like as a Christian, if you're not a bad witness, if you're not door to door evangelizing yes. twice a week or whatever, like there are different ways to be faithful,
2: but you can't be faithful if you're inactive. That's right. 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 So it's it's almost a a caution to not be apathetic when it comes to political involvement, but at the same time, uh not to be hyper-vigilant mm-hmm. and saying, Well, now I gotta like you just said, I've gotta be doing everything and will be doing everything in order to prove my my commitment to the cause. And God calls
1: different people to different things. Like right, some people I'm sure will, like some people do faithfully who love the Lord. Their their job, their vocation is in the political arena that is good but that's not the only way yeah because right. even faithfulness in the
0: political arena is going to look different depending on the situation that you're in so if if i'm in a country that is oppressive against you know religion there's not religious liberties that kind of thing maybe a one party state or something like that what is going to be my political involvement and, and my political um, voice, in a sense, might be defi- defying the system to witness or to care for someone who ought not be cared for in the eyes of the state. right. I think about the early church. They were called out by one of the emperors for caring for the burial of people and They called Christians atheists back then. He's like, the atheists, they care more about it than our own people do. They take better care of other people. And that was a political statement to them because the emperor noticed that. It was a love and a care for people in such a conspicuous way Mm -hmm. that coupled with their testimony, it made a difference. And, And it challenge, in a sense, the system. And that will happen. Like if you love your neighbor truly, it'll look different in different contexts. And it might not even look like what we were talking about in, in the American idea of what political involvement looks like, but it will still be there. It won't, it won't just be nothing. And it will be something that is in the vein of loving your neighbor as
1: yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess then the question would be from there, we should probably start, I think, with just the discussion about like, the philosophy of politics, like how does a Christian build a, a robust or at least consistent philosophy of politics?
0: And we were talking about this, Vince, about mm-hmm. how Christians kind of really want to find that moral issue. Right. Because
2: getting in politics is messy.
0: Mm-hmm. It kind of makes it easier, right?
2: Yeah it makes it, it makes it easier to kind of create the us versus them mentality. And once you find an issue or a particular set of issues that are on the the basis of morality, this is a moral thing or what's being done is either an immoral thing or by immoral people, then now I know how to vote. Yeah. and that or I, now I know how to pursue politics. just find what's morally right or at least relatively morally consistent and and then just go with that group.
0: Yeah And it almost makes it easier where it's like okay, I can just find that one moral issue. It, and it's almost it's almost playing defense on politics mm-hmm. because what, what you're doing is you're waiting for the political system to transgress some sort of moral line in the sand that you've drawn and then at that moment, that's when you're gonna get involved. And only along that single issue. I think that's how people kind of end up becoming single issue voters is because they're not really trying, they don't really want a holistic political engagement. They kind of want us to be hands-off from that anyway because they don't feel like it's maybe a Christian's field.
1: And not to be overly critical, and in my experience too, a lot of the folks who I have had conversations with and observed who are one-issue voters, many of them are not what you would even call terribly engaged on the issues that they say are so important to them. They just vote according to who has given lip service to the things that they decided to care about. Right. Yeah.
0: But when you take a more active approach in thinking about it the way we just described it that politics is about how a society should function which means how we treat our neighbors
1: which the lord calls us to love our neighbors and the bible has lots of like book chapter and verse there's a lot of things you can point to explicitly in in scripture that you can apply to to build out your philosophy yeah Mm -hmm. it's not like oh uh man i wish god had said more about that like The old and new testament has so much to say about love of neighbor and what justice to one another looks like. Yeah. It's hard too
0: because at at the end of the day, then how do you assess it, right? If you start making it more complicated. Sure. Then what what are we actually going for? Right? A lot of people are gonna throw around the idea like, well, the government this side of heaven's not gonna be perfect, so Which is not incorrect. There is some truth to it in a sense that like the only perfect moral government is going to be in heaven. Unfortunately, I think a lot of times we feel like the options that we need to pursue here, then are, we got to find in some way, the more moral
1: option. But what does that mean? Yes. And like, that is a really good foundational question, right? How do we determine as Christians, we want to be supporting, speaking out in favor of we want to be promoting policies and structures that tend towards the good of our neighbor right right that tend towards like the the biblical principles that we hold not to create a theocracy but to create like a just and healthy society so like how do we determine if that society is good and that's such a key question
2: Mm -hmm.
0: just i just want to restate that like how how do you measure like how are you determining
1: if a government or society.
0: Is your is your government, is your society doing good? And there's a lot of different ways to answer that question. And and just to throw out a couple of examples, you could say, well, if it upholds the good and punishes the bad, right? right. Some people bring that from Romans 13. Sure. That's the good government. Or you could say freedom. Uh, the government that gives me the most freedom individually and, and, and just preserves individual liberties the best.
1: What's the... Uh chapter and verse on that one
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that one's a little harder i think i think um i'm sorry if that was uh, no that was a little hard (laughs) I, you know, I, I think that they would say that there is a role in government to to, to not oppress, to withhold and to understand that, that the government itself is made up of men who are evil. And so how do we limit the power? Right. There's there's a lot of philosophical stuff. And we're going to talk about this later in the episode. But there's, there's a lot of times where philosophical ideas are getting just kind of crossfaded in with uh biblical ideas and it's sometimes hard to parse them out but that's another one so we got punishing evil we got freedom what else i mean you could also look at how how does a society treat the worst off person in the society and so these are different ideas that you could think of i mean i don't i don't think we definitely want to get heavy into freedom versus liberty like how those
1: things interplay we could maybe do a topic toss up listeners let us know cuz again yeah we are speaking from a from an American context, uh, the three of us and the yeah. bulk of our, our listeners right now are also in that context. But I mean, these principles ultimately, like, they can apply to anything. Like, how does a person living in society determine what is right and how to live rightly, yeah. especially if they're trying to live in light of God's revelation of himself in Scripture? Yeah. I think the
0: uphold the good principle is a really popular one, but I think it's tough. Like I think in some people's minds it's like, well, people people get what they earn. They talk about how we want we want a government, we want a society where anybody can work hard and they can earn whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Based on their own merit, based on their own ability, based on their own God given talents, opportunities, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a
1: particularly American ideal.
0: Yeah. And the thing with that is it, it starts to kind of kind of get at this idea of deservedness, of desert. And like so, if you earned it, like then, then the idea is you deserve it, right? Because you earned it. We don't have a way though in to rank every single person in, in terms of dessert, and then distribute opportunities, etc. Is dessert
1: the right way to say that? Sidebar. Desert?
0: deservedness, dessert. Yes.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. It also I, sounds that's, delicious. Well, that's why, <laughs> that's why the joke everyone will get their just desserts is really a funny joke.
1: Interesting. A little etymology lesson. Yeah. I, okay.
0: Really? Wow. Yeah. All right. What? You heard it
1: here on the substance, folks. <laughs> this is knowledge. Okay.
0: But but if you if you have, I
1: guarantee you some of our listeners thought that.
0: Uh, I'm sure <laughs> you're, pro- you're probably right, though. I'm sure there's a good number of y'all who are laughing at Philip right We're now. Much smarter than me. Props to y'all. But what I'm trying to get at is we have this idea that earnings is the right way to distribute... All of the opportunities and things that to govern well. We govern well when people get what they deserve, in a sense. And I'm going to say that, in a sense, the Bible does talk about how God is impartial, how in the righteous judgment at the end times, like Romans 2 talks about this, Revelation talks about this, Luke talks about this, there's parables, Jesus talks about this. The Lord will give fairly. He will give to people what they deserve. Obviously, there's a gospel sense in which the fact that with the depravity of man, nobody deserves anything. Acknowledging all of that, Mm -hmm. God still says, on the last day, things will be meted out fairly. Things will be, and God has the power to do that. The problem is, governments really don't. Governments really don't, if you think about it. Listen, honestly, like, do you want your government trying to assess desert, or do you want any kind of system in your society to assess deservedness, for Philip's sake, and and to assign goods, benefits, power, opportunity, according to that. And so uh, whose idea would, would be what, what is the good? That's the problem of having... By what
1: standard? Yeah, yeah right.
0: that's the problem of having a government where, oh, we're going <clears> to <throat> uphold the good is, okay, but, but then who in the government is deciding what that is?
1: Mm -hmm. So to kind of bring it back, how do we think critically and well about that as American Christians who feel very fondly and patriotically about our citizenship in our country? I think we have to be open to realizing and thinking about
0: the ideas that influence us. And that a lot of times. We think, oh, well, this is biblical. This other thing is biblical, right? People talk about, oh, well, private property, that's biblical and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you're not wrong,
1: but there's probably more to it. It's very easy to take things that we think and hold dear and kind of, I don't know, proof text our way into like feeling good that the Bible is good with all the things that we like. Yeah.
0: I think the bigger thing too is like, not everybody's going to jump into the... The philosophical side in understanding where these arguments come from, and we don't need to go in the deep end on this introduction. Unless y'all episode. want us to,
1: you let us know. No, we're down not going to do it right now. I think down the road, different <laughs> aspects of these things could be interesting, reflect episodes or toss up episodes. But I mean, just to start the conversation, to yeah. paint the picture, to help establish the beginnings of like a, a a Christian philosophy on these things.
0: I think the thing too that that like keeps people away from it is they feel like. If I really tell the truth about my nation and it's negative, if, if the if the truth isn't sharing America in a positive light, then, you know, I'm being somehow unfaithful to the country or unpatriotic or un-American.
1: We'll and probably get there down the road, too. I think that's the same with what we have also in the partisan politics realm. Yeah. We get so involved in our teams yeah. that it's not... Are we upholding proper principles? Are we upholding truth? Are we upholding consistency? Are we upholding justice? But like, are my guys ahead? Are the guys that I identify with most seen in a good light, kind of regardless of whether the
2: reasons we see them in a good light correlate to reality? Yeah, and I think that having that kind of team mentality can really affect how we read the Bible sometimes. Mm, Yes. Because we have a team and that team has a particular view. And so within that view, we actually start to see our team's values in the Bible. Yeah. And we, or we bring those narratives to the Bible and then read it out. And it it does have us bear the question, like, do we read the Bible faithfully to what it says and then have it apply? Or do we have a particular narrative or notion and then go to the Bible to try to find it? Or even
1: are we always consistent? Because... We can have a team with values that are good, but incomplete. yeah. Mm. And we can have values that are good on our team, but we neglect and ignore and like sometimes even denigrate the values of the other team that are equally biblical and equally valid and potentially in some cases have more urgency depending on yeah. what aspect of society they're speaking mm. to. That's good, man. I mean, even some of Jesus' disciples were the zealots, right? Yeah. And
0: and they were they were that way. I mean, they they had aspects where they thought they had theological legitimacy to their political movement. But Jesus, even in taking them in, like balanced them out. And we look at look at the way he shepherded them. And yeah, there's aspects of things that they would see about what, you know, what God promised and things like that, which would be true, but there's also imbalance. And, and what's amazing about the word of God is that it calls out all sides, all political parties across all time. Yeah. Right? there There is no such thing as Jesus's party in any country, in any time, in any place that is not subject to the scrutiny of the word of God to come in and incisively, morally challenge
1: platforms, positions, parties, tax, trends, those kind of things. Yeah. So so lovingly and humbly, I'm sure some of the people listening to this, either when it airs or down the road, may feel or have heard from somebody else and have uncritically adopted that certain political parties or certain platforms in and of themselves are so lined up with the Lord that like, it would be... Sinful to go mm. against them in any way. What what
2: questions or what principles speak to that? Mm. Oh man, I was. That's oh, hit, hit <laughs> that's good uh, because you do see that a lot. You see people almost equating a vote to salvation, and you you aren't a Christian if you mm. pursue this or pursue that. And I I think the thing we should be thinking about or a question to be posed is is it truly a gospel issue yeah cuz it's not we don't need to be
1: discourteous or unkind it's not like all oh, these bunch of dummies but it's like they think that way for a reason yeah mm-hmm. not everything that led them to that is wrong but when you get to the point of equating your political view with righteousness and anything that goes against your political view with ungodliness and sin. And there could be no thought politically, not biblically, but politically that goes against my political chosen platform or party. Mm-hmm. There could be no godly bent. Like, What biblical principles should they consider? What questions should um, they ask themselves?
0: We, we already talked about earlier that Politics as a whole, when we think about what politics is, is about how to treat our neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. And there's different ways to approach that, and there's there's liberty in in approaching those in different ways, and different philosophies, and different things like that, right? Obviously, we want biblical worldview to 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 ground all of those things, but still, people come out with different conclusions, and that's I think that's normal and healthy. Like I think that the church should have space for people to have dialogue over ideas even in the body. Otherwise, like, yeah, are we, are we really saying that there's only one political ideology that is baptized somehow biblically, um, even though there's Christians on both sides of the aisle? even though there's Christians in other nations who think differently, even though like we think it's going to be a moral versus immoral vote. And, and you, you talk to Christians internationally and it's like, what are you guys talking about? You know, like, of course it's both the parties are, we live in a secular government, right? Like you go back and read the guys in the 1700s. And would we
1: want to live in a theocratic
0: government? Yeah. You go back in the 1700s, it's like democracy itself Was in the American Revolution was being denounced as like the the work against God, right? And and this whole idea of secular people in power
1: do tend to (laughs) to paint the other people as going against God, right? But but we should but then we should view
0: ourselves with skepticism when we hear ourselves doing that, and I think that's the key. Just to have a little bit of, of of healthy thought and not not imagining that we have the high horse or that we we are
1: without flaw in our thought or pol- political ideology or theology or things like that. So you brought you brought up churches or individual fellowships and like having space to have nuance and diversity or disagreement. What is the church's role in fostering that system that's not a a monoculture that views anything outside of it as demonic or worldly and therefore condemnable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Vince, I know like me and you were were talking
0: a few months back, and you labeled it like kind of a pursuit of a political ministry, which I thought was a good term for it. But I think, so the church right now, what I see takes one of two positions. Big C church or little C churches? I don't know. Probably little C churches. Okay. But it's either A... Complete, like hands off the wheel on politics. Politics is out there. Whatever we're about happens, the gospel. Happens. We're not about politics, <clears throat> or if it's it's partisanship. All right. So so our church, we rep this party, and we're going to get up on the <laughs> pulpit and talk about these these political platforms
1: and issues. And, and if you become a trends. Christian at our church, godliness looks like adopting our ideology. Right, and and mm. you will feel will feel like
0: either you adopt that political ideology or you kind of don't fit here because we don't see that as legitimate faith. We don't see that as... And this, guys, this happens on both sides of the aisle. Oh, like mm-hmm. Looking across For the sure. aisle and saying, well, that's on a legitimate expression of Christianity. We have to give each other more grace in that. And so we see these both two extremes. And, and while I think a lot of people are familiar with the partisan extreme... The apolitical extreme is also bad because if you don't talk to your people about how to engage political ideas, how to think through, how to how to watch the news, how to read through things, how to discern sources, we're, I know we're going to want to talk about Sources is huge. We'll
1: probably do a toss-up on we'll that. we want
0: to talk about sources. Yeah. But... But all of these things, like how how to even like we're not gonna get on this episode deep into political philosophy, but there is like even how a to space discern is a spiritual to shepherd people like, like that.
1: Discernment so, is a spiritual discipline. So what happens?
0: Activity. What happens if the the your faith community completely leaves out any kind of shepherding around political thought? It is is everything that is going what is going to be, gonna fill that vacuum exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not going to remain a vacuum. It's gonna be the cable news. It's gonna be the social media memes. It's gonna be memes. Oh yeah. my lord! It's gonna be memes. And and tweets. Why sure. is it gonna be memes? Memes though? and
1: tweets. Why does it have to be memes? They're
0: bite-sized.
1: <laughs> no, cause like we're
0: we're scrolling all day. It is memes though, and yeah, and Buzzfeed articles, I guess. Uh, again, on both sides. Yes. Poorly. And so ultimately, like, like would we do this anywhere else? Would we do this with any other issue where somebody has. A responsibility mm-hmm. as a believer to to act and live out to just completely abdicate shepherding on that issue. And uh, actually, the answer is yes, we do that on other things too. But <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> but but well, we shouldn't do that.
2: Yeah. If we're if we're if the church is in the in the I don't want to say business, but they are. Close we understand what you mean. Yeah, we're it's God is using these individuals um and in leadership to to shepherd, make disciples. And so how to think well and like you said, how to be able to go to this without a blank slate. Because like you said, if there's a vacuum, something it's gonna get filled at mm-hmm. some point with something. And the church's role, basically, is what you asked. The church's role is, like you said, to foster and disciple well on how to discern. On a foundation of biblical truth, not partisan ideology. Right. Yeah.
0: 100%. And it shouldn't just be a once every four years message at election season that, hey, listen, God's in control. And so we owe allegiance no matter who wins, you know, try to, try to be, try to, try to, you know, th- thank the Lord, pray for your leaders, you know, no matter who it is. Listen, all of those things are good things, hmm. but is that the only thing that we have to say on the entire topic of once again, how we should all agree that each other should be treated in the society, how, how our neighbors are treated, right? Because when it when it comes to election day, you know, whether that's November 3rd or whatever other election days there are for you in your state or in your country, international listeners, that's what's on the ballot. What's on the ballot is the idea, like the people who represent the ideas on how your neighbors are going to get treated and you, right? And so there, there is thought there that, that is necessary. And I, I wonder, I know we're talking about this broadly. Is there any, you guys think like as a starting point, I know we're not going to delve deep into it, but maybe just to give somebody a little bit of something on like, what, what, what does that look like? Like what would caring for someone's mind and discernment
1: politically look like? You look at the various roles that a government has, the various aspects of oversight it has, whether it's Education or transportation or the execution of justice or the criminal justice system or what have you. There's a lot of different things that the government is over, public education, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And the Bible speaks to foundational and and heart matters in all of these things. So it would not only be appropriate for pastors, small group leaders, people of influence who lead discussions or whatever you, whatever in your faith community, it looks like to exert influence and to kind of um, point people's focus or to have discussions to, to draw lines from the scripture to the culture. yeah, It's not about like, oh, let's be hip and try to like make the Bible cool and cultural mm. and speak Mm-mm. to it. It's like the Bible doesn't need that no. because it does that it already does because it. God made the Bible, God made his word for people yeah. who live in relationship to other people. Yeah. So you don't need to be cool or you are not inventing anything by saying when it's when the bible says xyz about one another we can draw a line to how does that apply to education how does that apply to economics how does that apply to criminal justice etc because yeah. it does yeah yeah
2: yeah i um agree i i know that when it comes to the topic of politics it's it's a lot of gray in all honesty, it's it's not always very clear cut. Like it's, you know, the Bible says that. And so, okay, that informs me to make that decision. I agree with what you said, Phil. It, it very much can for a broad stroke of things. Uh, but then there are other things that, you know, people will take a particular view and say, well, this is wrong. And then you have another group saying this is wrong. And there might be validity mm-hmm. on both sides. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, what's clear? And so I think my my encouragement to people is is have grace on each other and have grace on yourselves to know that this is this is not easy. Uh, again, you can't be apathetic and you shouldn't be hyper vigilant. Um, but you should also be gracious to yourself and others to know that it's going to take thought and you're going to have to slow down for a second and not Mm. be informed by social media. Or most informed. Most informed. Uh, Exactly. In the sense of like, I I read that meme and that's my view on it. It fired me up emotionally.
1: Right. Well, and I didn't want to interrupt you. I also think that spiritual leadership, whether it be pastor, small group leader, or a husband in a home, or sure. a father or a man leading groups, or a woman leading groups, or what have you, that diversity and nuance is good. Not saying that there is no such thing as truth and all positions have equal validity, Mm-mm. but at the introduction of a topic, we should have open minds one at a time as things come up. Well, and part of the reason why diversity is so good is because,
0: like, if you just look at the history of thought, even even since the time of the church in the last 2,000 years, every single different political idea under the sun, it seems like, has been given divine authority, in air quotes. Whoever's in power, right? By some by some biblical verse. And it's like, is there real exegesis going on here? And even sometimes people do. And when I say exegesis, I mean people trying to understand the text the way the author of the text intended it to be understood. So people are trying to study the text even sometimes. But the reality is, a lot of times, unless we encounter a diversity of views, we don't really notice how the philosophies of just even secular men that mm. that have been that we've grown up alongside of these philosophies leak their way into our reading of scripture. And so when you hear someone who reads the same scripture but from a different light, sometimes you can realize, "Oh, man, that you're actually exposing a bias in my heart that now I need to try to see if that's actually justified in the text or was I actually just bringing that."
1: You know, we need to be prepared to maybe not doubt ourselves but always be i mean paul commends the churches who are constantly seeking to to be making sure that they are correct yeah you don't think a thing proof text it think about it do a little studying be like okay i think this is correct and then never examine it again right and also on the on um on a similar note we ho- we are good in our personal tradition of reformed theology and things like that we we esteem the upholding of of nuance mm-hmm. like we say god is sovereign yeah. we also say man is responsible for his actions mm-hmm. well most of us at a certain point we are good with holding those two things together mm-hmm. so how can we hold like such cosmic mysteries as the the sovereignty of god and the responsibility of man and then say, oh, there's only one right way to do things politically. Right. I've got it down. And this has no faults. And the other guys are just executing the whim of Satan. Like, mm. how can we say that? Yeah, I know this isn't an, avi- an advice show,
0: but I have, I have two points of advice, honestly, I think on this issue that, that I think can help people. One is when you're listening to somebody who has an opposing view to you, stop trying to hear the holes in it. Stop trying to prove yourself Right. Just listen to their argument, and then when you go do, like, maybe maybe do some research on it. Try to prove them right. Try to prove their idea right. Try to see it the way they see it. Mm. And then bring all of your thoughts, all of your background, all of the other evidence that you've heard about before to that. Because then you'll really give something a full hearing. You'll really look out for the merits of that argument. That doesn't mean you're always it's always going to be a surefire guide, but it's a great way to really respect and honor and listen to that person,
1: I think. Because you can't yeah. have meaningful dialogue or relationship, especially among the family of God. Mm-hmm. If anytime someone opens their mouth and you're like, I know they think differently than me on issue A, B, and C, so therefore, yeah. like... I'm just going to be in critical
2: mode, like boom, boom, boom. Let me like shoot everything down. Right, yeah. And it, it causes the individual who, who does what you just suggested. It really causes them to engage in humility. Mm-hmm. It for, it kind of forces you into it because it's, if you actually take on that challenge, mm-hmm. then you have to say, okay, by default, if I'm going to research this other person's idea and not try to poke holes in it, or even try to prove them right, mm-hmm. then I'm, automatically assuming I'm not right, at least for now. No. And so it, it, it causes the individual to be humble. That's right. a good thing. You said two things. What's the second?
0: Well, yeah. And and uh, just one last thing on the first is, is a follow-up that you would, if nothing else, even if you did end up disagreeing with them at the end anyway, I think that you gain – some perspective on that individual, which is necessary if you want to care for them, love them, serve them. We're still supposed to
1: love and prefer one another. Yeah. Right. Even when we disagree. Yeah. Like political really disagree. Hard. Like I have done that badly. It's, it, same here. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a, it should be a, a like recent, spurring yeah. <laughs> on of a moment for self reflection when you realize, Hey, I have a political or an ideological disagreement with somebody and I feel negatively towards them. Like yeah. that should be an impetus for <laughs> repentance and sure. a, a genuine seeking of humility and, and peace. Cause we're called to be at peace with everyone. Yeah. And let alone like our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the second thing
0: was just read in a sense, it's almost like consume less when it comes to media intake and news intake and, and articles. But when you do, read better. People will leave the news on just 24 seven and just hear all this stuff and it creates an aggregate picture, but you don't actually know or have sourced any of those arguments all the way really well. Yeah. Instead, like take one idea and really delve deep and try to understand it and, and understand the merits of it, understand the, facts, the sources behind it. Not the spin. Yeah. It's, it. listen, it's easy to just scroll through lots of stuff and, Headlines. and Instagrams and, and memes and whatever else. Of, of ideas but it's a, a lot harder to stop scrolling and just actually like look into
1: something to think yeah.
0: deeply and if you do that i honestly feel like you will you will come to the table better prepared for things and honestly it can just be so stressful like just the constant barrage of news and TV and all this stuff. So I think I think both of those things will tend to a better engagement a more healthy and well-rounded engagement, no matter what side of the political aisle you end up on, because ultimately there is a there is a healthier way to do politics that isn't necessarily rooted in partisanship. Very much. I think
1: that's a good way to uh, close out the intro there. Very much so.
0: Yeah. This is all intro. Now we're going to get into the real episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> intro into uh, talking about politics. politics. Just kidding, everyone. So now that we're back, um, want to reinstitute substance shout outs here? Yeah, man. Vince, since you're new, you want to go first?
2: Yeah. Uh, I want to give a substance shout out to uh, Ken Ham and um, Answers in Genesis. I recently watched a Old Debate. And that's my thing. I, I love watching debates, even if they're three hours. <laughs> uh, even though we just destroyed, got, <laughs> even though we just got done dunking on debates. I know, <laughs> loves I, know. I love them, <laughs> but I I, I done love well. They can be very yeah done well. Helpful. They Definitely. are very good areas of information, mm-hmm. and um and I've I mean, I've you know had to get better at making sure that I don't in order to relay that message sure. debate a person. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the answers in Genesis Ken Ham um had a had a very civil debate with Bill Nye. Um and it was really good. It was very mm, informative mm, and a mm. lot of a lot of things I didn't know because I'm not a science major. Um yeah. but it was it was really good. Hey. Come on. So shout out to them.
0: Sure. Um it's it's been, you know, with coronavirus and everything else, it's been tough, habits and everything and one thing that's been really enjoyable for me is I got into this book called Practicing Proverbs, which it's literally just a thematic organization of the text of the book of Proverbs. And there's just so much good wisdom in there. I mean, who would have thought, right? Yeah. It's a wisdom book. But uh, I've am i just been really overwhelmed with how much deep, profound, and insightful and timeless truth is there. It and I mean, honestly, I know we're talking about politics, like even on the idea of politics, like don't forget Proverbs was written from a king to his son and okay, about, about reigning, about discernment. And so it's a really great place to start, you know, if, if you're looking for a place for biblical wisdom on approaching politics, there's so much healthy stuff
1: in Proverbs. I've been really enjoying that. Very much on point. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. So my substance shout out this time. Kind of also with everything going on in the lockdown, my life has changed a little bit. But when it comes to consuming things and having access to good things, I I really do love good resources. And I've been recently turned on to Hoopla. It's It's another library app. There's a lot of good library apps out there. But just so much good free content. If you have a library card, I'd say absolutely get on Hoopla. A lot of great stuff there. So that's it for our first show. We're really glad that you guys all came back with us or you joined us. Thanks for checking it out. We want to keep the conversation going. So in order to do that is follow us, interact with us. So we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram right now. Uh, Facebook it's The Substance Podcast, but on Twitter and Instagram, we are at The Substance Pod on both platforms. Shoot us a message, tweet at us. Um, follow us on facebook leave a comment Um, we we want to build a community not for ourselves but for for the benefit of the folks who listen to the show so that we can be addressing things that are important we can be answering questions to the best of our ability but what what did you like what are your constructive criticisms what matters to you about what we talked about or what would you like to hear us talk about knowing, knowing what we do here. So thanks yeah. again for coming. That's where to find us.
0: Yeah. There's so many different things about which feedback wise y'all could let us know. I mean, we, we talked about what makes for a successful government. We talked about three different ideas on that. We, we talked about, you know, hey, what do you want us to go into deeper next time? So definitely hit us with that. We've got our email, pod at gmail.com. You can write us there. Or you can even um, leave us a voice message on our phone number at 913-703-3883 And if any of y'all are listeners from the first time around, you might have had it if you had it saved in your contacts or whatever, that last digit did change. So just heads up on that.,
1: but yeah, And if you know. want to get on the show, on I the will show. tell you the easiest way to get on the show. We will definitely be looking at emails if there's any, um, terribly profound tweets we I'll get, we back. will be doing. But the easiest way to get on the show is to leave a quality and concise voicemail.
0: Yeah, and, we, and it's just a great way to connect with you guys and, and hear your reactions. Let us know what you thought about it.
2: If you enjoy the show, you want to support The Substance, give us a five-star rating. The best way to actually support us is by telling your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell all your family members, even reach out to your extended cousin that you barely talked to. Talk to them today and tell them about the substance and also leave us a comment on whatever. And if you would like to bless us financially, we would be most appreciative. Uh, We do have cash app at dollar sign the substance pod. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.
1: Bye. Ad-lib
2: interaction. So, I want to have fun. Yeah. I want to have good convos, and I no do want to, like... <laughs> it's all serious. No. Be Get fun out like of here. Like <laughs> Uh,
1: okay let's just bullet point what we have we want socials and testify on the email sell <laughs> <laughs> so that seed at five dollars
2: <laughs> so <that's> seed. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> you know about that
1: and dollar sign substance pod. dollar sign the substance pod
0: um not tied all the